Good day, good day, and welcome to Your Voice, Your Power. I am Anika Wilson, and today I have with me someone who is extremely intriguing that I am excited to learn more about. I have Jennifer Peterson. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really, I'm so excited to be here. It's uh, really a pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. Well, I'm excited to have you, and I want you to tell listeners who you are, what your title is, and what exactly it is that you do. Okay. So my name is Jennifer Peterson, and I am a certified Equus coach, life coach, and Reiki master. And so I actually help women over 35 who are struggling with communication, and I help them find their authentic voice and help them to start asking for what they want and create lasting partnerships. And it is so much fun to do this. I'm because over 35, first of all, that tells me um, that you've narrowed it down to a pocket, which I think that's where I call it the midlife midlife crisis. Yes. (laughs) Cause it's like a maturity point in life where you start. And I think it's interesting because, you know, a lot of us think that confidence starts building as we're young, which is what's supposed to happen. But for some reason, right at 35, it's like a wake up call. It's like you did things wrong, you figured it out, and now you finally start seeing your worth and your value. So you have actually picked a golden nugget right there. Oh yeah, it's amazing. I remember myself when I was 35, I remember all the pressure. I remember the biological clock pressure of, I need to get married and I need to figure out if I wanna have a baby. And that was really an amazing, uh, time in my life where I was really reflecting. I don't think I was as self-reflective before that, but at that moment, I was like, I really need to like get things going. So I, I actually love working with uh, women that are over 35, my, my favorite. So how I work with them is that I can work with them with or without a horse, and that's the Equus coaching part of my business. And the reason I love partnering with with horses is because horses can actually mirror your energy. So if I bring a client into the round pen uh, and we start talking about a topic that they want to be coached on, the horse can actually pick up whether or not they're hiding, they're putting a mask on, or if they're really being their authentic self, which is where the authentic voice comes from. Once someone really peels back the layers and gets to what the truth is, the horse will start to behave in a way that will show me through what's called the language of equus, which is nonverbal. They will show me uh, that they feel very safe with this client. And then I can, my job is really to interpret what's going on with the horse as I'm coaching the client. So it's amazing to watch because people will come in with their stories and with their, what they think is going to happen. And they're almost always surprised at what happens as they play with the horse. Uh, So the reason this works is because horses are prey animals and they are actually, I guess, designed to be able to sense incongruency. So that means your insides don't match your outsides. Mm -hmm. And predators do that in the wild. They sneak up, they pretend like they're gonna be all nice to to them, and then they attack because they're really, their intention is to eat them or make them their dinner. So they're looking for that constantly. So they'll look at that with any being that's around them. And that's why horses will do certain things. Like if they feel very safe with you, if you're being congruent, your insides match your outsides, even if you're angry as fuck and you are just, you know, screaming or whatever, you think that that would scare the horse. But no, if that's really what you're feeling, the horse will be right there with you and it will connect with you. It will either put its head to your heart or it might actually roll. Horses would never roll because they're flight animals. The first instinct when they're scared is to, is to run. So if they're on the ground rolling, they feel so safe with you. And that means that you're being completely congruent. So that's actually the fun and the magic that happens uh, inside the round pen with the horse. This is so intriguing to me because, you know, a lot of people do understand the power of animals and some people don't and need to. Um, is that a lot of people in the healing process use animals, need animals, or prefer to be around animals. Um, And so looking at how they're able to identify incongruent, you know, uh, inconsistencies, and I'd say conflicts within the self, I think that's really interesting. And 
the fact that you're able to use this as a benefit to help people and to be kind of that in between, you know, I think that that is monumental in growth. Yes, it is. It's amazing because a lot of the times we walk around and we don't actually know what we want. We're, mm -hmm. we're thinking we want something. Someone tells us we should want something. So then we adopt that, that want because we think society, like, you know, when it was time when I was 35 and I, everyone said I should be married and I happened to be with someone that I wasn't necessarily probably shouldn't have married, but I did. And it's like, gosh, if I only had a horse <laughs> to help me get the clarity that I needed to, uh, to see what was really the truth underneath all of that. Because we have, a lot of the times we walk around and we are annoyed at someone else because they actually are doing something that we don't like about ourselves and we don't realize it. And we just judge, judge, judge. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting to bring those judgments into the round pen with the horse because you start to really uncover what that judgment is about. Mm -hmm. um, but the other thing is, is that you also get a lot of clarity on what you're looking for. And I know even from like a business perspective, when I was looking to figure out, you know, who, I, what I wanted to coach on and who I wanted to target, because that's, you know, a lot of what I do as well. I, I started to look at my own business and I started to realize that a lot of the things that people said I should be doing, like I should be, you know, having a big Facebook group and I should be doing all these things. And really what the horse, what I learned from the horse was that I should just be doing spiritual marketing or spiritually powered marketing. So when I put a brochure out, just like a paper brochure and I hang it in the car wash, yeah. uh, I give it Reiki yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, so how did you find me when a client calls me up? Oh, I, I found this uh, flyer in the car wash. And I'm like, really? <laughs> That's hilarious. You know, and everyone else is doing these, you know, big things that don't actually always work. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you just do what you actually believe. Um, and it's, it's not something that I would say was something I would have logically said was a good idea, but it just, I really just learned to connect with my own intuition and use my own spiritual practice. And the horse actually really helped me to figure out that that's how I should be doing my marketing. And so when I found out about your podcast, I checked in with my body to feel like whether or not this was a good idea for me to spend time with you. And I was like, no, 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 I really, I really want to do this. I can feel all the good sensations in my body and that's my intuition telling me to go forward. So that's just, that's just how I roll I with the business. The intuition is a word that I love. It's like, I have like this fascination because growing up, I was very, um, I was raised in a house where we had a meditation center in our house. Um, and so I was, I grew up chanting, I grew up playing the tambour and the harmonium and I grew up, you know, with mala beads and I grew up knowing um, how to tap into my spirituality. And so I tell everybody, I'm not religious, I'm very spiritual. You know, I have a lot of, of you know, um, I'm in tune with energy. And so it's funny that you say that because a lot of people, they don't, it scares them, it creeps them out, they don't get it. And whether it's Reiki or something else, it doesn't matter. But when you are able to use your intuition to guide you, we're all given it for a reason, and a lot of people do not use it. And if you are lacking in that department, or you need to be educated, or you need to be around other people, these are great reasons to have a coach. Because a lot of people, they have these ideas swimming in their head, but they, they that self-doubt, you know, they're discounting their ideas, they're discounting their intuition, they're fighting it, they're pushing it away, they're running from it. You know, those are all the things that we did in, in our careers, which I'm going to tap into yours because you had a huge career before this and yes. you actually, you know, had a good job. And so um, people need to be around someone and need to hire someone or surround themselves with people who know exactly what that is like and be able to learn from them how to use their intuition and their energy to guide them to where they need to be. And with that yeah. said, can you tell listeners what you used to do before you're doing what, what it is that you do now? Oh, absolutely. So I actually, when I was sort of growing up, I never wanted to be married. I never wanted to have children. I was like, I am going to be a business success. <laughs> Because when I, I looked around and I didn't see anyone, I was the first person in my family to graduate college. And so, and I lived in a town in Pennsylvania 
And I was like, I just really want to move to New York City. And I, just, I had a lot of passion for that. And I actually realized that I wanted to be in advertising. And so I went and I, you know, studied marketing and all that. And so uh, one of the first things I did uh, to follow my intuition before I even understood what intuition was, is that everyone told me, you know, when you look around in Pennsylvania and people get married very young. Mm -hmm. So I hadn't even graduated college and I was engaged to be married. Mm -hmm. And about two weeks before my wedding, I said, something happened. I just felt like this was not the right path for me. Mm -hmm. And my uh, fiance at the time, just, he just wasn't going in the same direction. He decided he didn't want to move to New York, which is, you know, his choice in his life. Mm -hmm. And he asked me to stay in Pennsylvania and not pursue my dream of advertising. And I said, no. And I canceled my wedding. And was, even though it was fully paid for and all my relatives were ready to come and celebrate with us. And I said, no, I was, I was like, no. And I know it was a very brave thing to do, yes. but I wanted to follow my dream. So I was, I actually moved to New York city without knowing anybody. Uh, I just said, no, this is, this is where I need to be. So I was following my intuition back then. And I had a pretty successful career in advertising. I was, a, I was in what's called media planning. And so my job was to advise my clients who are fortune 500 companies I advise them on who they should be targeting for their customers and how to find them. So, you know, I've worked on Procter & Gamble products. I've launched uh, products. I'm sure you're familiar with Febreze. So when it was in test, I launched that product, Barilla Pasta, brought it into the United States. So I was doing pretty groundbreaking work for packaged goods consumers. I worked on uh, Ikea, which was one of my favorite clients to work on. And the reason it was my favorite is because their values of that company matched my own. And I realized that some of the other companies that I was working on throughout my career really weren't feeding my soul. They were actually sucking my soul. So I used to say I, I would sell candy to little babies and make America fat. <laughs> and so except when I, worked on Ikea. <laughs> when I worked on Ikea, it was really like, you know, they had good company policies. They didn't overforest, even though they were making furniture and they gave, they had a lot of partnerships with uh, helping making sure that children were safe around the world. They did not hire any material sources that would use child labor. So, and they would, they would invest money wow. in making sure they would send people out to look at the companies that they were sourcing. And if they saw anything that wasn't aligned, they were like, no, 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 uh, you, you're fired or you have to fix this. And so that was a real inspiration for me. And so we, decided there was a new tagline. It was called the life improvement store, which was perfect for this company. Mm -hmm. And so we came up with this idea to bring life coaches into the Ikea stores and life coaches like weren't really a thing yet, but no. we were like, this will be really cool. And so we had a partnership with Oprah Winfrey, her magazine and Martha Beck, who was a columnist and also a famous life coach at the time. She had a life coach training school. And so we brought all of those people into the, into the, um, into the stores and we were able to get coached and, you know, coaching the, the customers. And so there was, I, I was at one of the stores and they were asking for volunteers and no one was volunteering. So I was like, I got to make this a success. Let me volunteer. <laughs> and I'm telling you in five minutes, this coach, she was amazing. Her name was Valerie Stanger. Unfortunately, she's not with us anymore. Um, but she fixed my life in five minutes. It was amazing. She used body uh, body strength testing, with muscle strength testing on me of whether or not I wanted to have a baby naturally or have a baby, like adopt a baby. And my social, like I totally thought in my mind that I should have a, a baby by adoption. So many babies that need wow. home. And my body wanted to have a baby. And I was blown away. I was like, that is, that is just insane. But it was, tr it was the truth I could tell when, once mm -hmm. I sort of uncovered that blind spot. So that was like unbelievable. So with that work, I won three Effies, like a gold, a silver, and a bronze, which is like the highest awards that um, you can get in advertising. So it, it was amazing. So fast forward, I'm not on Ikea anymore. I'm working at a... Um, a similar agency, but I just wasn't really loving. I was, I was on one of those brands that made America fat. And I was thinking, I really want to do something else. And I had, I also had just had my baby <laughs> miraculously. And I was like, I really need to do something that'll, you know, 
be for just me because it's mm-hmm. hard when you just have a, a child. You're always giving everything to the child. Mm-hmm. So I decided to take a creative writing class and a memoir class. And I started writing some stories about my life. And I remembered that experience with that life coach and how she changed my life. So I'm writing it down and I thought, oh my goodness, that's what I could be doing. Because I had always thought that I wanted to help people. Mm-hmm. And especially during that five years on Ikea, feeling so good, then going back to working on other brands that didn't make me feel so good. Mm-hmm. So I thought, wow, I could do that. So I go on my laptop and I look up Martha Beck and I'm like she's got this life coach training, but it costs a lot of money and it's like a year long program. So I'm like, I don't have the time or the money right now to be, you know, prioritizing doing this. And I was like, you know, shut my laptop and, you know, great dream, but we'll just, you know, put that aside. And five minutes later, yeah. five minutes later, my HR company calls me or my company's HR com- calls me and says that I am being restructured out. I'd been there for 20 years and I had applied for a sabbatical and it was like a three month sabbatical. And they're like, so we declined your sabbatical because uh, we weren't sure where you were going to be going. So we're going to pay you your sabbaticals in cash. So I was like, what? And I, I couldn't, I couldn't hold my smile because I was so happy because I had already figured out that I wanted to be a life coach and the universe organized itself so quickly to give me exactly what I needed. <laughs> It was like there's this wanting and knowing, I feel like, uh-huh. that happens with intuition, yep. that your desire actually will manifest, manifest right. and your desire, even if it's like a tiny little thing that was happening where I knew I wanted to help people, all of that was organizing to make this dream happen for me. So I literally was like floated home because I was, you know, I should have been defeated. Oh, 20 years and I have all these awards and I'm sitting here, you know, being restructured out. But it was the best gift that was ever given to me because I was able to have a flexible job because now I can have my own schedule. I don't have to necessarily say yes to something that's going to not work with my family's schedule. I can just say, no, this is the career. This is the path I want to take for this day. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing. And also I get to help serve people, which is amazing and exciting. So um, I don't know. So that's kind of how... I feel like that happened. And then in terms of how I got to the Equus coaching, while I was in that life coach training, I kept seeing horses everywhere I looked. I would be sitting in a restaurant. I'd see a picture of a horse. I would drive out of my driveway and there'd be like someone on horseback, like very strange. (laughs) So I'm like, why do I keep seeing horses everywhere? I've lived in the same place. It's not like there, it's not like I moved somewhere new and there's horses everywhere. I just Mm -hmm. started to notice them. And uh, I did a meditation, a visualization, and I had a horse come visit me in my meditation. It gave me a brass ring, and I was like, okay, this is just really bugging me. (laughs) So I found uh, one of my instructors was a life purpose coach, Mm -hmm. and she helped me sort of decode those symbols. And she said, it's because you're meant to be a life coach with a horse. It's called an Equus coach. And I started to cry because I was like, okay. I know that's true, but it makes absolutely no sense to me because I don't know anything about horses. If you told me I was going to coach with a dog, I'd be like, absolutely. I love dogs. I've had them my you know whole life and I know everything there is about dogs. I don't know anything about horses. And she said, I can't explain to you why, but just explore it and see what happens. So everything I've ever done with horses has come to me with ease and peace. So going from zero horse experience to I found within a month, I had a horse mentor who basically trained me on how to be with horses for two years for, and she asked me for no money. I ended up exchanging and volunteering for her adaptive horseback riding program called Access Equestrian, which is an amazing program here in Bedford, New York, and it helps kids with special needs. So I got to feed my soul because I was helping the kids feed my desire to work with the horses. So I learned everything there was to know about horses. And then When it was time for me, I became a certified Martha Beck life coach. And then I was like, I really want to continue and learn how to do this coaching with the horse. Everything came with ease and peace. And the same thing with Reiki. When I became a Reiki master, the intuition was just everything. I only followed my intuition. I never had experienced Reiki before I decided I was going to sign up and learn and get my attunement. Mm -hmm. I just knew. It's just this knowing that I had... And I was like, I'm just going to do it. I don't know what Reiki is, but I know I'm supposed to be here. And so when you have that kind of trust and that kind of faith, the universe just organizes itself to give you everything you want. And that is the thing that if you hold that and you trust that, everything will work out for you. 
that's, you know, that's pretty much where I'm at. <laughs> I, I love all of it because it speaks to everything that I preach and that I tell everybody is that, you know, when we try to orchestrate our lives the way that we think it's supposed to be, it doesn't, it doesn't go in alignment. You know, we, we have these ideas growing up of what we think we're supposed to be, of what we're designed to be. You know, growing up, we hear about being a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher. You know, you hear about these things, you know, but then as you get older and you mature, you see different things. And as you move around in, in, in life, some people have never moved from one city to another. But as you move and you grow, and even in the virtual world now, we learn so much about what's out there. You know, if you allow yourself, you grow with the world you can adapt and adjust accordingly. And just like you, you know, you wanted to be in advertising and you went against the grain and you decided to follow your intuition on moving to New York because it was a goal. And so you fulfilled a dream, you satisfied your goal, you achieved it and you checked it off, but you did 20 years, you were evolving into this other person. And you know what's interesting about your story is that so many of the coaches and the women and the people on my podcast and even men now um, a lot of people have multiple careers. You know, I was in social services for 20 years, but you know, as I thought that that was it, I knew there was more for me, but I just didn't know what it looked like. You know, I'm looking now at so many of us having multiple careers of multiple paths of using where we were to propel us to where we're going and where we need to be. And so your whole story, while the horses were coming from nowhere, <laughs> it's yeah. laughing literally how it happened. You know, we call ourselves these things, we have these titles, and we think that this is what we are. I started off as a life coach, then a chronic illness coach, then a transformation coach. I mean, it was like, okay, what am I? Who am I supposed to be helping? I just want to help people. I helped addicts. I, I worked in mental health. You know, it's hard because trying to label and pin it down to one thing when we have so many skills that we use in all these different ways, we just speak to people differently. And- yeah. I, I just listened to your story and I can see the freedom in who you are today, you know, and how you got there. And I can appreciate it because I know what it's like. And even as a mom, as a businesswoman, as a business owner, and even I kind of admire you for this horse thing because it's something that I have said. Um, I was a little girl when I was eight years old when I went to Good News Camp in upstate New York. You have me thinking, I'm trying to figure out where Good News Camp was. I'm going to find out. But um, it, was a, it was a camp in upstate New York. I grew up in Syracuse, but it was further out. Um, but I learned how to ride horses all the way back then. And from then on, it has been, it has sat with me. And in college, I went again. But it's something that I've been telling everybody around me I wanted to do again, and everybody discounts it. Nobody will go with me. And so even talking to you is making me think about this differently because there's another coach that's been on here who actually owns a ranch and has horses on her ranch and uses them in her coaching. And so I'm listening to you and I'm just smiling because, you know, when we know these things, when we have these things, with these desires, it's, I say, a responsibility for us to tap into it and fulfill it. Because if we're not, we're doing a disservice to ourselves and to the other people that we are meant to help. And I say all that to commend you because what you're doing is fabulous. It's amazing. And for the people who you get to benefit, they're truly blessed. So you talked about how I have all this freedom now. So I just wanted to touch on that a little bit because I actually, when I was growing up, I would have actually never described myself that way. I felt like a little bit more like prism. And so the reason I am doing this work and what really inspired me to be able to do that is that when I was a young kid, um, mm -hmm. five years old, I was molested by my father. And so I was a victim of sexual abuse. But I have to say, once I kind of, you know, I went through, you know, all the therapy and everything that you need to do for that. But what I realized is that I was attracting abuse for my entire life. Same. So once, <laughs> yes, yes. So, you know, you're a little five-year-old and, you know, that happens to you. But it was interesting because I, I actually was pretty empowered as a kid. I would be like, nope, this is what I'm doing. Nope, I'm going to go to college. It doesn't matter. I always like kind of went against the grain as a kid. And then what I noticed as I look back at my life is that around uh, the time I moved to New York and went into uh, advertising, I started to give away my power. 
So I kept on it, even through that terrible, terrible crisis as a child, uh, I was able to hold on to it. And then it just started to slip away. And it happened in client service. I was in a client service job. And these, you know, I was in an agency relationship. So my client said, jump. I said, how high? Mm-hmm. And, you know, my boss said, I need you to work till two in the morning. And I say, okay, can, mm-hmm. I, can I have more, please? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, between the, that working relationship and also with men in my life, I was giving away my power little by little by little. Mm-hmm. And so that is why I think I started to really attract a lot of abuse and negativity. So I was attracting abusive bosses. I was attracting abusive uh, men in my life, you know, men that would cheat on me and I'd find out I was one of seven when I thought I was one of one. Mm -hmm. And then I would have, um, I ended up when I did choose to get married, I thought I chose someone well. And then I realized as soon as we signed the papers on the marriage that he owned me and he became mentally abusive until the day he became physically abusive and he put his hands around my throat and he told me he could choke me. And I thought, Oh my God, it cannot get any worse than this. I got to get out of this. And so I actually learned when I was a little kid to reinvent myself when my circumstances did not serve me. So I would, you know, when I moved, when I was growing up in Pennsylvania, I was in this like small Catholic school. And uh, at one time, the nurse, uh, the, sorry, the, the nun decided mm-hmm. that I wasn't allowed to go to the bathroom, even though I had to go during a spelling bee and I peed my pants. And so my whole, like from first to eighth grade, they called me Jennifer Peter Pants <laughs> because I peed my pants. And so when I had this opportunity happen to me to move to another school district, mm-hmm. we moved 45 minutes away. I was like, I am not going to be Jennifer that anymore. Yeah. And I decided I was going to be popular. I was going to be the class president and whatever. And I made all those things happen because I chose to give myself permission to not be who everyone thought I could be. Mm -hmm. And I've done that when it was, I was supposed to be the wife. No, I am going to be the person who goes and makes her dreams come true. And the same thing when it was like, okay, this 20 year career of advertising isn't happening instead of crying in my, you know, whatever I said, no, I am going to actually make this other dream come true. That's been with me for so long. And so it's amazing how just giving yourself that permission to reinvent yourself shifts your energy in a way that will make your dreams come true. And, and so the same thing happened when I was like at that rock bottom point with my, with my husband and now my ex-husband. And I said, no, this is not what I want. I want someone who treats me nicely. I want, I want to have a baby and this is not the person I'm having a baby with. Mm -hmm. And within a year I had the person that, was exactly how I wrote down in my desire book of the man I wanted. I was pregnant, even though my fertility rate was um, about 5%. They were like, no, don't worry. You're not going to get pregnant. I got pregnant, like, I don't know, immediately, accidentally, but on purpose, (laughs) because that's just the way the world works. Yes. And meaning meaning that my desire was to be pregnant. The circumstances were not exactly. Yeah, ideal. You know. A little bit more uh, magical than I was waiting for. Um, So I ended up getting pregnant. And then, you know, fast forward, it's like all these things keep happening because I set an intention that I am not going to be this, the way the circumstances are looking. So just being able to notice when some pattern is happening in your life and being like, I don't, I don't want that pattern anymore. I want to do something different. And the beauty of the horse is that right now my next step is uh, I'm, I'm going to be in a shamanic Reiki teacher training. So it's like learning shamanic Reiki is really interesting because you, you use guides and you have power animals. And what I learned is that the horse is the power animal for anyone who's lost their power. Pretty much when you conjure your Uh, your power animal, it's almost always a horse. And the reason is because horses are so powerful. If you think about how big they are and whatever, and when you've lost your power, you desire that to feel that way. Mm -hmm. So being able to work with clients in a shamanic way as well will be really amazing because yes, you can come to the horse and be with the horse and feel their power, but being able to uh, work with the horse in a shamanic way is, is uh, something I'm really excited about. That is amazing, you know, and what's crazy about your story is that I realized as you were telling it is that I have no reaction anymore because it's so many of us with the same story. The, yeah. the stories are very different. 
But what I look at and what I want the world to understand is that most of us coaches have a story very similar and we found our power somewhere along the way and we're able to tell other people how to find theirs. And listening to you say that you know how to reinvent yourself also to stop the cycles is what is key. And so the fact that you can use what happened to you as power and as a tool for your future is all that I want people to hear and understand. And so thank you for that because sharing your story is, is, it is the battle. A lot of people don't share. And I know that I've always been a person that talked about my, my traumas out loud and I've always been looked at with two heads. You know, we're not supposed to talk about these things, but in all reality, we have to. So if you come into the round pen with the horse and you don't talk about something that's what you want to talk about, it's you're just hiding it, the horse doesn't want to be anywhere near you because you're not being congruent. So when we show our authentic self, that's when our energy is good. And guess what happens? I always say my metaphor is that the horse is the universe. So the universe is actually responding to all the energy that you create with your thoughts, with your voice, everything. And so if you watch the horse, the horse will come to you when you're speaking the truth. The horse will come to you when your energy is confident. And I can get a horse and my clients can get horses to follow them without a lead line, without any halter attached to them. Only because they are in feeling in their body what it feels like to be confident and know for absolute certain that that horse is following me. If you are like constantly checking back, oh, is the horse following me? The horse is not going to be anywhere near you. They're going to be, you because know, eating some grass. You're not being authentic anyway. You're, you're, you shouldn't have to have to pull that. You should be able to draw it with your energy. So that's what happens when you're in that confident, like I am so magnetic, this horse is going to follow me. When I feel the breath of that horse on the back of my neck, when it's not near me, because I know it's coming and I'm so confident that it will come. When I hear the hoof steps, he hasn't stepped yet, but I hear them in my imagination because I am so confident he's coming. Mm -hmm. And then he comes and then I do feel the breath and I do hear the footsteps. And it, that is exactly how to live life is just believing that it is possible and it will come. It is coming. It's not even will come. Is coming is such a powerful lesson that when you're in the round pen, you see it tangibly because you can see the horse responding to your energy. It's like you can talk all you want about energy, but when you see it with this being that has no agenda, he doesn't have, you're not carrying a treat <laughs> or something that he wants to come for. He's just coming because that's the way herds work. And when you're in the round pen, you're part of his herd. And herds, really, they are constantly sensing the energy of the herd. And they, this is a beautiful thing for business. They actually, in a, in a herd dynamic, the matriarchal mare is typically the leader, which is very not like our culture and patriarchal. <laughs> and so uh, when you look at you know, the structure of a herd, mm -hmm. the only time the matriarchal mare is not the leader is when the, she's mating, she's sick, she's giving birth. Those are pretty much the three times. And so when that happens, because they are so in tune to the herd's energy, Whoever is the most clear, the most present, the most aware horse in that herd becomes the leader naturally, and they all know it within seconds. So if a predator would come, it's decided immediately who everyone's following, and they all just know. And it's like, what a beautiful metaphor for like, you ever, in a, you know, even in corporate, you're in a board meeting and someone that's supposed to present gets sick, and what do you do? Do you cancel the meeting? No, you, you should be able to adapt to what's happening pretty quickly if everybody's in tune and everyone is, yes. you know, the same, if everybody is, you know, working mm -hmm. in a way that, that is efficient mm -hmm. and this is the way nature works. This is, this is just nature and it's amazing what you can learn and how you can change the way you run your own company. And this is one of the reasons why I love being an entrepreneur because, yes. you know, I, I'm going to go back to something that you said a long time ago. You said something about, you know, jumping how high when somebody says something that's what I don't miss about working in corporate. Um, the what, what really inspired me to work for myself was my boss. I had no respect for her. And she really, 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 you know, she was that person that did not have the same mission as everything else. And it was many of them at that job. But I, I knew that I could not continue to go against the grain. Like I couldn't be in a place that wasn't in alignment with who I was mm -hmm. just for a paycheck. 
it was a struggle I had for many years and that's what, what set me off. So it's interesting listening to you talk about the horses and the energy and the leadership, you know, is that a lot of us have been leaders longer than we could ever imagine and, you know, weren't around the right people to receive our leadership or even to um, appreciate it. You know, it was always a conflict or a competition when it didn't need to be because you don't have to compete for leadership. You can have multiple leaders in one place and it's okay. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I totally agree with that. It's beautiful. I don't know. I can sit and talk to you all day long. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I swear because you say it in such a, a effortless way. Everything that you're saying is absolutely true. And the energy is so big. Manifestation is what guides my life now. And I think that that is the biggest difference in my life from even six months ago is that I I believe that I live it. And the biggest hurdle I think is not feeling that you have to um, convince people of why you're saying what you're saying. You know, I think that's the hardest thing. Well, I think when I speak to people, potential clients, I really just speak from my heart and I just feel like everything I'm saying to you is I'm saying love. I only have love coming out of my mouth. You won't really hear me say anything that's negative or say this person isn't as good as this person or whatever. I'm always just trying to spread more love because I really believe that that's the way to get what you want is just through love, not through hate. People that spread hate, I actually try to stay away from them. I know you can see me, but everybody else can't. I, I, hire, I have these little stones. I don't know if you're into these kinds of things, but this is called black tourmaline, and I always recommend people get it. But I will carry this thing around with me because it, people don't feel like they can give negativity to me necessarily when I have it. <laughs> and it's really kind of magical. I love it so much. Uh, when I don't bring it, then it's like, you know, I, I get an earful of something. Uh, I don't tend to bring it to coaching because I think people should be able to give me yeah. whatever they need to yeah. on. Um, but I will, I will have it with me when I'm just, you know, going about in my grocery store. And I, I tend to have a lot of positive energy around me because of, of this little stone. So Didn't I totally put those on bracelets or don't they still? There's uh, jewelry. There's they make it a lot of things. It's a little bit heavy, so I, used to I have, have earrings. Yeah, I, I have earrings that are all heavy. Um, and and so I'm yes, I totally believe in that. It's very very powerful. Um, but I was thinking about kids and husband when I was thinking about it, not clients. <laughs> oh, so interesting. <laughs> well, I mean, what you said, what you said about um the companies and and how you don't have a lot of good leaders yeah. as role models to see you can actually say that about uh, most people growing up because you know did you really have a model of a healthy relationship or you know most people are just getting through the day and doing their errands and whatever and it's really interesting that sometimes we don't have the picture of what what it is we want we but but our intuition and our soul knows what we want, knows what we need. And that is the beauty of the horse is that it can actually show you what it is. And you can just practice, play with the energy and see what the horse responds to. I mean, it's so amazing. I had um, a client in my round pen and she had this thought that she wanted to have a serious relationship. She was like, and she couldn't find it. And the universe wasn't organizing itself to give it to her. And I was like, well, let's check this out. (laughs) Let's see what the horse universe has to say. And it was amazing to see that she actually didn't want that. That's not actually what her uh, soul was, was looking for. Her soul wanted to just explore what it would be like to be treated nicely by a human, (laughs) by a man. And, and it was interesting that her experience in the round pen was was actually uncovering something she didn't even realize was blind to her because the social uh, dynamics, her friends, her family wanted her to be in like the structure of a marriage. And mm-hmm. since she was divorced, then they felt like we need to fit you back into that. But really she wasn't ready for that. And once she started to explore that outside of the round pen, going and, and seeing what it's like to meet men that will actually treat her the way she is desiring to be treated mm-hmm. but guess what happened so she went with the intention of I'm just going to play and have fun and that energy is really attractive and she found someone to actually be in a relationship with because she was open to just playing and being yeah. really oh, curious oh, yeah. and 
it's amazing. If you get in there and you're like, I'm, I so want to be married, then you're not necessarily going to always get <laughs> what you are desiring because you're so attached to that outcome. Yeah. So this is, this is always, so anyway, I just wanted to say that it's the same thing in business, business and it's the same thing in relationships because your relationships with your with other humans are very similar to the relationships you have with your work and your work colleagues to your business as an entrepreneur it's all very it's all the same somebody said and I, i'm sorry i don't remember who this quote's from but the way we do one thing is the way we do everything and it is very true and it's your very patterns. true because it's also um there's one common denominator you know, I tell people all the time, if you have the same problem in every aspect of your life, what's the common denominator? Yes. And, and, you know, when we grow up with toxic relationships or we grow up, you know, molested and we grow up with these types of things, I tell people one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about my conferences and I talk about relationships and roles a lot is because growing up with a single mother, I never saw a man. I never knew what a father was supposed to be. I never knew what a man's role was. I was taught to be everything and never need anybody. And you know, when you're taught that and then you have children, you you really kind of, you, the cycle just continues because it's what you learned, what you saw. And I tell people all the time and I, I often, you know, I even bring men in on my female conferences now because that's what's missing is knowing roles and relationships and, and being able to accept that roles could be different you know it doesn't mean that a man has to do this a woman has to do this a lot of times it's just a gap that needs to be filled by whoever is capable and whoever fits the bill you know as far as um, i say that because you know historically males were leaders in businesses but that that may not hold true anymore you know and men may be the ones that that are the providers in a household that may not be true anymore the 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 point is is that the role needs to be filled but our perceptions about who holds that, it's so different now, but we have to just understand that the pieces of the puzzle, they, the, the pieces all have to go together for the puzzle to be complete. And a lot of us were taught to just kind of just do what you gotta do to get where you need to go. But in having healthy relationships, a lot of us at older ages are having to go back and revamp this. And that's why everything that you said to me resonates. And I always go to the why and how we got to where we're going because everything that you said was resiliency. You decided that you are not going to be a statistic. You decided that you weren't going to be a victim. You decided that you wanted to be successful. You decided who you wanted to be when you were a little girl. You didn't know exactly how you were going to get there and you didn't know exactly what it looked like, but you knew that that's what you wanted and that you weren't going to settle for less. And that's what a lot of people have to just, you know, um, stick to. Because a lot of times we know this when we're younger, but we give up. Because life happens, circumstances happen, things come in, and we just say, okay, never mind, it's too hard, or maybe I wasn't meant to be this. Or we're too afraid. So a lot of, a lot of our holdback is fear. And one of the things I did when I first uh, signed up to be a life coach was I was terrified of everything given my uh, background and negativity and mm -hmm. attracting all that abuse. I was terrified. I was like afraid of my own shadow. I was so scared. And I thought, but I knew I really wanted to help people. And I thought, how inauthentic would it be if I was like, I'm a life coach and I'm terrified of everything, um, but you should do this. <laughs> so I decided that I needed to go and I was reading Martha Beck's book and she has this quote, the only way to a place beyond fear is to do the thing you fear the most. And oh. I had read that book. I already signed up for life coach training. And I was like, I closed the book. I was like, no way. I can't do this. <laughs> and so I ended up going, uh, I, I knew exactly what I needed to do. I needed to go to this place in my town. It's a town called White Plains, uh, New York. I know where White Plains there's, You do? Okay. Yep. And there's a skyscraper it's, um, for, for White Plains. It's a 42 uh, floor building. And there's a restaurant on the top of it. And there is a glass elevator. And at, at some point, when I lived here, I accidentally got into that elevator and it's only one floor. You go down and that's it or up and you can't get out. And I, and it's glass. And I screamed cause I was, I just felt like I was free falling. This poor child is in the elevator and I'm like freaking out because I can't get out of the elevator. So I knew when I closed that book, I had to go in that elevator and it was terrifying. And I was, I was terrified of heights because 
when I was eight years old, I uh, was running away from my father. He was trying to catch me. And I escaped from my house onto my roof. And I was only on the second floor of my house. And there was a roof. And I was just thinking I could shimmy down the drain pipe and, you know, run to my aunt's house. And I realized when I was doing my, that memoir, a lot come out of that memoir that I was writing, uh, that the reason I'm afraid of heights is because of my dad. And that made me so angry. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to have this fear of heights anymore because I know where it came from now. Yeah. And so that's the, that is the understanding the why and being angry about that gave yeah. me the motivation to want to break the fear and also to serve the clients. And so I went, I think I went three times. Uh, the first time I went to White Plains, I drove to White Plains. I got to the town and I turned my car around because I was terrified. I was like, I can't do this. And then the second time I went, I got like a block away and I saw the building and I, my hands were sweating. I was like, there's no way. And then the third time I, I was like, I got to do this because my training is coming up and I can't, I can't start this and still be afraid. It just mm -hmm. can't be. And I was believing that what Martha said would be true. <laughs> if I did what I was afraid of, it would, it would work. And so I went to the, I found the elevator and I was standing outside of the elevator and I was like a crazy person talking to myself to get myself into the elevator. And this man comes out of the bathroom and he, there's like a bathroom right next to the elevator. And he said to me, are you okay? And I looked at him and I was like, no, not at all. And he's like, can I help you? And I said, I was in this life coach training and I had to break my fear and I don't know what to do and I can't get in the elevator. And he just said, would you like me to go with you? And I like melted. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> that is the nicest thing anyone, this man's at like a conference at this place, at yeah. this hotel. And uh, he took the time. He went inside the elevator with me. I just literally, like all the fear kind of left me. I can't explain it. I walked into the elevator. I rode it with him. We took pictures. I was like the glass elevator. I saw this. There's a lot of like green uh, trees and it's very pretty when you're up at that level. And I could really appreciate the beauty of yeah this experience and he went went up and then we went back down and I thought oh my goodness and what happened was I actually was able to sort of decode how once I learned how the brain worked how that happened how did I break my fear of heights that I had since I was a child I couldn't go I couldn't stay above the 12th floor of a hotel I couldn't go on a roller coaster like I didn't like to be anywhere near a cliff um, I remember on my honeymoon my uh, abusive husband decided we should hike, even though he knew that I was afraid of heights. And we were hiking on cliffs in Hawaii. And I was, ter I was shaking and terrified and it was terrible. So like that, how in the world did I go from that to this person who could ride this glass elevator? And I learned that your brain is actually got two systems, the parasympathetic nervous system and the sympathetic nervous system. And you can't be in both at the same time. You can only be in one. Mm -hmm. And so once you understand that, you can, go, you can be in the sympathetic nervous system is responsible for fear and it's fight, flight, freeze. That's the side of that of the, or the system that that plays in. The other side is called the parasympathetic nervous system. And that is where love and appreciation and all the good stuff is. Peace. And so if you are in love, you cannot be in fear. If you are in gratitude, you cannot be in fear. So you can go fear, gratitude, fear, gratitude like that. You can bounce back and forth, which a lot of us do. But if you can train yourself to stay in love during a scary situation, mm -hmm. you're not scared anymore. Yeah. So what happened, what I realized was that I was so grateful to that man offering me help that my brain went into the parasympathetic nervous system. So I didn't feel any fear because I was so grateful and so excited that like I was doing this. Like that was the other part was like the excitement mm -hmm. and the gratitude and also just knowing that like who in the world put him there? Like, yeah. how did that happen? Like there's like a miracle going on here that this was, yeah. It's so I, so I find that lesson to be, really helpful um, in, in being an entrepreneur because a lot of the times we don't even step forward in our, in our power because we're terrified. Yeah. So as long as I know how to get out of my fear, I can, I can show up here. I have a huge fear of public speaking and I'm standing here talking to you on this podcast and I'm okay. And I, you don't see me shaking in my boots. Nope. So it's just because I'm here, I'm in service, I'm in gratitude and I know that what I'm saying is going to help someone that's listening and I'm grateful for that. Can you tell listeners how to connect with you because you've got some great stuff coming up. So can you tell them about I, it? 
Sure. So I am at True Freedom Life Coaching is the name of my company. So uh, www.truefreedomlifecoaching.com is my website. You can connect with me there. I'm also, uh, I have a Facebook page, which is also the True Freedom Life Coaching. I have a phone number, 917-340-1328. Feel free to call me. Uh, I also have, I have Instagram, Magical, Magical Wild Nature is my Instagram handle. And I'm really excited to announce that I will be doing a group coaching program. I love the energy of groups. So I am doing, I'm taking my um, private coaching program called You Are Radiant, which is a four-month um, coaching mentorship for women who are ready to ask for what they want, create lasting partnerships, and have better sex. Because what the big secret is that when you have a good lasting partnership and you're asking for what you want, and it doesn't necessarily have to be about asking for what you want in bed, but because you're getting into your authenticity, all of a sudden your sex is so amazing. <laughs> so that is uh, one of the things, one of the little secrets that I learned as I've been being a relationship coach. And so that I'm actually bringing to a group program now. So I'm going to launch that on um, Valentine's Day. So I'm super excited. Well, I want to thank you for being here because you are a breath of fresh air. And you are so insightful and so full of knowledge and experience. And I think that's what a lot of people need. But you also have this nurturing piece about you. Um, which is totally opposite of me because I have like this authoritative quirk, quirky thing. It's weird. Um, anyways, <laughs> but you, you just bring peace, you breathe peace. I get it. And it, it feels good. Um, just your energy is amazing. So I just want to thank you. I look forward to collaborating with you in the future, hearing more about you and bringing you back later on in a couple of months and see what you're up to. Great. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. So listeners, that is Jennifer Peterson and she is with, True Freedom Life Coaching. True Freedom Life Coaching. And it's, it, it's, it, it speaks volumes just by itself. True freedom is what we're all looking for. Um, and no matter how free we are and how at peace we are, there's always more out there for us. Um, so I want to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of Your Voice, Your Power. I am Anika Wilson. Stay powerful. <laughs>